Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. And we're talking about the wisdom of God that is available for us. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says this. Proverbs 9.10 says, uh, says this right here. It says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of, of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And so it's not the fear of the Lord like you're afraid, like oh, you're afraid of him, but it's the fear of the Lord, the holy reverential awe, like, wow, God, you are God. God, you are good. And so we're going to continue in that series. Um, we're going to continue in that collection of talks today. Um, life, I think, is designed to be done together. It's designed to be done with people. Like, I, I think there's a richness, a, a depth, an enjoyment in life that comes from doing life with, with others, out of relationships, with friends, with family, uh, with your church family. Like, I know when I, when I experience something amazing, I want to, like, turn to someone and be like, wow, isn't this amazing? Isn't this cool? Like uh, when, we, when uh, we hike and we summit somewhere, the first thing I'm doing um, is, is I'm saying to Natalie, wow, isn't this amazing? Aren't you glad my whining stopped as I hiked up here? Um, Natalie's downstairs with the kids this week. She says hi. Um, now, uh, why? Because I, I, it's, life is better when you do things with people. In Genesis 2.18, uh, God actually said it is, when he created Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. Um, that, so then he created Eve. He created Eve and, and he created some community, some relationships, because life is designed, I think, by God intentionally to be done in community and connection. And uh, there, there was a study done. It's actually still going at Harvard. Um, it's one of the longest studies. It was started in 1938. And it's, a, it's called the Study of Adult Development. And uh, they started this uh, study when boys were teens and they tracked them all through life. They're still tracking some of them today in their late 90s. And, and it's the longest uh, social study. And, and what they found was social connections are one of the most important factors for people's happiness and health. That social connections are one of the, the most important factors for happiness and health. And, and those who kept warm relationships, um, li- on, on average, they lived longer and they lived happier. And those who, in their words, are loners or were alone, they actually died earlier. So science, I think, is actually catching up to what God said, that it is not good for you or I to be alone. That as Christ followers, we also have, we are a part of the body of Christ. Uh, in Hebrews 10.24, it says this. In Hebrews 10.24, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect a meeting together, as some people do. Uh, this scripture wasn't just to get people back from COVID to come to church. This is, this is true for your life and mine today. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That God's design for us is actually to be in community, in community. And life is better when we are together. Um, when we, the study even says, if you're like, oh, I don't know about that, the study even found that life is better and you're happier and you live longer when you're in community. Uh, but here's a fact of life. When, when we do life with people and we have relationships, 
Uh, part of life, you, you, you relate to people. You have relationships. Even if you don't like people, you still have relationships. You have a mom, you have a dad. You're not here without some sort of relationship. But part of doing life with people, at times, there are, there's times when we will get hurt by others, right? Like part of relationships, there's, there is times when we, will, when we get hurt by others, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I think it's just part of doing life with people, is that eventually, over time, we will get hurt by others. Proverbs 4.14 says this. It says, uh, Proverbs 4.14 says, let me turn to it. Proverbs 4.14, or 14.4, that's why they're looking for it. Uh, Proverbs 14.4, sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. Okay, (laughs) Proverbs 14.4 says this. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Just that's a weird verse. Like, are you just saying this because it's the stampede? Um, no. Um, I, it really, I think, is, in other words, to get a harvest, there's going to be some poop. Um, that's what that scripture says. Is you need to clean it up um, because where there's an ox, there is some poop. And I think in life, too, God has designed us to do life with people, to have, to live in relationships uh, with other people. And with that comes sometimes some poop. Um, without relationships, sure, the stable is clean, but you do not, you won't have any conflict. But without that, you won't be able to live the life that God has for you. That there's a life that God has for you uh, with people. And, and part of that is there will be some times where people do hurt you. Uh, intentionally or unintentionally. You can be the most perfect person, which none of us are. There's only one perfect person, that's Jesus. And he was even hurt by his closest 12. He was betrayed by Judas. Uh, He was abandoned by his disciples. They scattered. Uh, Peter denied him. Uh, And so when we get hurt, I think the temptation is to draw back, to close off, and to withdraw ourselves. And I think it's, it's, as we, it's not a way that God has for us to live a full life. So the title of my message today is, what does wisdom say when we are hurt by others? What does wisdom say when we are hurt by others? And I'm not just talking about like hurt, like uh, someone ate the last cookie and then they put it back in the pantry, Um, but like real hurt. Like you've been betrayed by a close friend or uh, family actions or, or inactions that hurt you. Or maybe even a past church experience. Maybe you're let down by your spouse or there's someone in your life that there's broken trust. Or it's like you, were, you had a dream job, it was going good and then you just got let go without, you don't even know why. And these things that I'm talking about, these are the things that can lead you to a broken heart. A broken heart and, and broken trust. And Proverbs 15, 13 says this, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. And, and in times where these hurts, they can, they can crush you if you let them. That they, they can crush you. Now, Jesus came so that you and I can be whole, right? So that, that you and I can experience his wholeness spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, that we can be whole. And he knew that People, as we do life with people, intentionally or unintentionally, we will get hurt by people. And so I believe there is the wisdom of God in his word of what we can do and what we should do uh, when that happens. And the wisdom of God, like what we said, 
is this is knowledge and understanding. God's knowledge and understanding then applied to our life. Um, uh, applying God's wisdom. And the answer, what God's wisdom says, I think many of us actually know, we maybe even understand, but it's something that also does need to be applied. And it's actually something that's foundational to our faith. And it's this, it's forgiveness. And it's easy to say, like it really is, it's easy to say forgive. It is a lot more, it's a lot more challenging to walk that out of forgiveness. And there are many thoughts on what forgiveness could be. So this is the forgiveness I'm talking about. I believe the biblical definition of forgiveness is this. I acknowledge what you did, but I am releasing you of the debt owed. I acknowledge what you did, but I'm releasing you of the debt that's owed. Because this is actually the foundation of our faith, is forgiveness. In Romans uh, 3.23, it says this. Romans 3, verse 23 says, For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of the glorious standard of God, that now everyone is born spiritually in their DNA. They are born dead. They have sinned. Romans 6.23 says this. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, this is good news. I'm so glad there's a comma and there is more. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our our Lord. But the wages or the, the, the debt for sin, what is owed is actually death. And that's what every single one of us owed. And what happened is Jesus paid the price for all of us, canceling our debt of death so that now we can be alive in him. Uh, Ephesians 2 actually says that this is a free gift from God. You can't add anything to it. You can't add anything to it. It is a free gift. So we have relationship with God because the debt of sin was canceled freely by Jesus. We were released by that debt because of Jesus. Now, how does this apply when you and I get hurt, right? When, when we feel hurt when, by others, how does this apply? Well, Ephesians, Ephesians 4 verse 31 says this. Ephesians 4 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And then here's a very important line. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That we are to the, the put away bitterness, put away rage, but that we are to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. To forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Have you ever read a scripture and you want to put like a little asterisk beside, like a little star, and it's like, see, note. And it's like, this does not apply to this person, how they hurt me, or this person because it's this, or this scripture does not mean it because if they did. Have you ever done that? Where it's like, uh, they can't mean this because the, how they betrayed me, or how they hurt me, or how they were absent in my life, or how they betrayed my trust. Have you ever had that thought or made that conversation with God? Because we know we should forgive. Like, it's, like I, I tell my son that. Um, we know we should forgive. And at times, I think it, it's hard to do it. But why is it so hard? I, I, I think, why is it so hard is, maybe it's one reason is because we want to make them pay for what they did. We want to make them pay for what they did. Once they hurt as much as I hurt, or once they suffer as much as I suffer, then I will forgive them. Or maybe another one is we want to qualify 
when they are, are forgivable. You know, once they've done X, Y, and Z, or once they identify the wrong they've done and come to me, then I will, um, and they come and apologize, then I will forgive. Or, or, or um, the, the problem with that is sometimes some of the people we need to forgive are, are maybe no longer here, um, like physically, maybe they've actually passed on. So that doesn't work. Uh, or another reason I think that some people have trouble forgiving is by saying, I forgive you, I'm saying, I'm okay with what you did. I'm okay with what you did. I'm giving you permission and saying, it's okay what you did. But that's not biblical forgiveness. It's not at all. Biblical forgiveness is saying, I acknowledge, I fully see what you did. But in the midst of what you, it is not saying I'm okay with it. It is saying, I fully know what you've done, but I'm releasing you of the debt that you owe me. See, that's what Christ did for us, is that for forgiveness of God, never, he never said, it's okay to sin. He actually, he then paid the price and released us. Full on, we, we, we see bright, like what we were doing, but yet he said, I forgive you in light of it all. You know, um, and, I, and the other thing I think is forgiveness, it isn't saying that there are no boundaries. Sometimes part of forgiveness is I forgive you, but now there's a boundary in my life. Um, forgiveness is not, okay, I forgive you. Now you can come right back in my life. Actually, Proverbs talks about that, about allowing sometimes fools to come back in your life that you'll get repeat hurt, right? So the qualification for forgiveness is not when someone does certain actions. It's not when they pay for it or they suffer enough. The qualification is this. And it's found in Ephesians 4. We're going to read it again. Ephesians 4, 32. It says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. That the qualification for us to forgive is Jesus. That's what makes people forgivable. God didn't forgive us because we had suffered enough, because we did X, Y, and Z, or once we got to a certain place. It was only Jesus that qualified us to be forgiven, the author, the finisher of our faith. And for us, the qualification to forgive is Jesus. Jesus qualifies you and I to be forgiven, and he also qualifies other people for us to forgive. Ephesians 4, 26 says this. It says, um, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, to forgive right away. That we are to forgive right away. Um, that we aren't to hold on to hurt and unforgiveness because this, because it is actually dangerous and destructive to you. That unforgiveness, holding on to hurt and unforgiveness is dangerous and, and is a seed of destruction in your heart and relationships around you. Now, where I live, I live in a neighborhood where there is mature trees. Like there's big uh, trees, they're, they're like 40 years old. And some people, they have the trees planted really close to their driveways. And so what's happening is their, their pavement, their driveway is starting to crack. It's starting to bow up. 
or even there's some houses where the tree was planted right beside their house and is starting to push against their house and their basement and, and it's cracking and it's popping up and the tree roots are growing underneath and it's actually undermining what they had built before. What is even not seen is undermining. And what is it? That, that tree started out as a seed. But over time, it was left there. It grew and grew, and now it is very costly. It's costly and destroying their house. Unforgiveness held on to is actually is a seed that produces bitterness. And that it will actually crack the life that God is building with you. The seed, well, it can be underneath the surface, and it can do the same thing with the driveway and crack the seed that's underneath. It can undermine the relationships that you have right now or even the future relationships that you've been believing for. Bitterness can be under the surface and it can crack relationships. And unforgiveness in the heart leads to bitterness and that seed left in will lead to resentment and resentment, what will happen, resentment, that disgust, that uh, will lead to action. So it affects then bitterness or unforgiveness left in your heart, hurt that turns into bitterness actually then affects how you treat other people. It, it impacts um, what you hear other people say. It's, it impacts how you interpret the world around you, even what God is saying. It destroys relationships, this seed of bitterness when it is not dealt with, which comes from unforgiveness. You know, it destroys uh, relationships with spouses, right? You, you, they hurt you, but it's, it's unforgiveness. And then what happens is now it turns into bitterness. And then you start seeing, you start to resent them every time they do this. And then eventually it, it goes over into action. How you treat them suddenly becomes different. And it starts, it starts a cycle, same with a friend. Maybe, maybe you were hurt by a friend and that bitterness is there and it undermines the future relationships that you have. That every time you get to that point, now you start to see, mm, there's something here. I don't trust them. Why? Because that, that, uh, that resentment, that bitterness that has produced action of when we get to this point, I don't trust them. Even it, I think it destroys, uh, it can destroy a community in church because of past hurt leads to resentment. And now it's like, mm, I'm not there. You know, here's what Hebrews 12 says. Hebrews 12 um, verse 15 says this. It says, um, look uh, after each other so that none of you fall, uh, fails to receive the grace of God. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Then the next part says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupting many. That bitterness corrupts you or destroys you if it's left unchecked, and it also destroys other people. I, I, it's easier, like the, in, my, in my neighborhood, it's easier to take out the trees when they're seedlings. It's, it's much easier. I had a tree in my front yard and trying to take it out. Oh my goodness, that tree is sturdy. It is hard. When it comes to hurt, when people, when we are hurt by others, we need to take it out right away through forgiveness, through forgiveness right away. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, it says, uh, guard your heart above all else for it determines 
the course of your life. That you are to guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. I don't want to allow bitterness to determine the course of my life. See, I want to guard and watch what I allow in there and how you uproot that hurt and you get healing is forgiveness. Um, so that it doesn't pollute your heart. That, hey, you'll, you'll have a longer, more enjoyable life. That, that it stops that hurt polluting other relationships. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says this. 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. For uh, our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. It's just so good. And that in there, that Christ was made manifest in other translation, a, a wisdom, that God's wisdom, you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at the fullness of God's wisdom. That is God's wisdom manifested, is Jesus. Wisdom isn't just a concept. He is a person. His name is Jesus. And so God's knowledge and understanding applied for forgiveness, we actually see it in Jesus. And so we see God's God, we, when we see, actually, we look to Scripture, Jesus, he went to the cross, right? He went to the cross for our sins so that we can receive forgiveness. And as you read the story, it tells us that when Jesus was leading up to the cross, he was beaten so much that, and whipped that you couldn't tell that he was a man, that there were thorns placed on him. He was mocked on his way. These very people he was coming to save were beating him, were mocking him, were rejecting him in the midst of it all. It was, there was no unintentional, it was intentional hurt. And here's what Jesus says. This is God's manifested wisdom. Jesus, God in flesh, this is his wisdom. This is what he says in the midst of it. It's Luke 23, verse 33, it says this. When he came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the cr uh, criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, this is huge. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. And the crowd watched and, and the leaders scoffed. Uh, he saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he, really, uh, if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too, offering him a drink of sour wine. They called him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. So in the midst of where he's being beaten, where he's being crucified, put up onto the cross, when he is in the midst of it, God's manifested wisdom says this. He says this. Jesus says, forgive them. The very people that are hurting him, he says, forgive. So we too are to forgive. Why? Because as followers of Jesus, we are to follow him. And what does Jesus do? He forgives. And the other reason is it frees us. At Colossians 3.12, it says this. Colossians 3.12, it says, Since God chose you, behold, uh, chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Make allowance for others' faults. Give room for other people. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must, not maybe or you should, you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts, for uh, as a member of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in its, all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Now, this, this what, what's being said here in this scripture, that takes faith. That takes a life of saying that, my foundation is the fear of the Lord because there are times where this doesn't make sense. It is right. It, it feels right and is justifiable for how you feel, how you don't want to proceed this way. But on the other side of this is God's freedom. It's God's fullness. It's what God has for you. So how do we, how do, we do this? Like practically, how do we do this? Um, this is what I personally have done in my life um, when, when others have, have hurt or I just feel hurt. Sometimes it's not even their intentional. I just, you, you feel hurt. I think the first thing is to get into God's word and see how God forgave us. Like all the scriptures we read earlier. Because if we're supposed to forgive as, as Christ has forgiven us, then we need to see that. We need faith to forgive, really. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we need to get into his word and hear about what he is saying. I think there's also a washing of the word that, that brings healing. I think the second thing is do it with Jesus. Do it with Jesus. Ask God for help. Um, God, I need help to forgive this person. Like, he's not asking by your strength, suddenly you need to forgive. It's not by my strength, not by power, but it's by your spirit, right? So we can ask him, God, I need your strength to forgive. And then to say this out loud, not just think it, not just to think, but say out loud, God, I forgive them and I release them of the debt they've owed. And sometimes, sometimes it's fitting to say it to them, but other times it is not. It's like you like search them out and, hey, just so you know, you hurt me. But it's okay, I forgave you, um, right? Like there's sometimes where it's fitting. And there's other times where it's just between you and the Lord and saying, Lord, I forgive and I release. And the, other, the next thing is to ask the Lord to heal that your heart of the hurt, the disappointment, the betrayal, and he will. Psalms 34, 18 says this. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's close. He is there. And I don't know if you've ever done this before. Maybe you've like done something like this. You're like, okay, I forgive them. I release them. And sometimes it's not like it's just one and then it's done. Like you're like, okay, I'm good here. Have you ever had where the thoughts come back again? Where that feeling comes back again? I know like for myself, um, to hold on myself a bit, is there was a time there where there was just some stuff happening and uh, I'd said, God, I forgive them. God, I release them. I went through these, these, these things that I say, hey, we should do. And I'd be sitting there, like just minding my own business at home, and I'd be shaking my head, and I wouldn't realize I was shaking my head. 
And Natalie would say, what are, what are you doing? And I'd realize that those thoughts of what happened and, and everything that hurt and everything was replaying in my mind and I was there again. And I don't know if you've ever had this where those thoughts come back of, of the hurt or what they've done. And it's like, I thought I forgave them. Like I, I, I did, I actually said it out loud. But when that happens, because I think at times it does happen, is to re-say, to remind myself, to remind my heart, and I say out loud, God, I release them, I've released them, I forgive them. And say it out loud. And here's something that, to be honest, it's great to do, and I, back when, that, when I was going through the stuff, I didn't actually do, but I think this is a really good advice, and I now do it, um, is this, is, is to take a step further and pray for them, to pray for them. And, and it's amazing what happens in your heart of interrupting those thought patterns even by just, okay, God, I'm going to pray for them. So I think read, do it with Jesus, say it out loud, and, and ask for him to heal you. Now on the flip side, if, I really should say when, we we hurt others, hopefully unintentionally. Um, we need to be quick to repent, quick to apologize, quick to repent, to change directions, make it right with them. Proverbs 18, 19 says this. Proverbs 18, 19 says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. That I think it's good not to give any chance to allow bitterness to take root right away. To go right away when you know, hey, I, I messed up. To go right away and say, listen, I messed up. I was out of place uh, and, and I apologize. I think sometimes something that can get in the way of apologizing is pride. Check this scripture out. Uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen says this. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Um, I think we actually need to check our pride and actually instead humble ourselves and apologize um, when we've done, done something wrong and apologize right away, whether it's with friends, spouse, even with your kids. Like, listen, Levi, how daddy acted, that was wrong. That was wrong. I apologize. And I think that, that actually instills that into your kids. So you're not just talking about it, but they see it. They see uh, it, in, it demonstrated. Um, and here's actually what Jesus says in terms of making it right. In Matthew 5.23, it says this. Matthew 5.23, it says, so if you are um, presenting a sacrifice, this is talking about Old Testament, you had to, it was mandatory. Um, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, like you've done something, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That's how much Jesus says, hey, it's important to make things right with people. It's important to, to not give any place for bitterness. And I, I just believe that even today that the Lord is just maybe even dropping things into people's hearts of, you know what, I need to make this right with this person. I need to do that. And I would encourage you to do it today. Um, wisdom says that if someone hurts us, to forgive. Wisdom says if we hurt someone else, to apologize. And not just leave it, but apologize right away. Um, and before I close, I want to just hit on one more thing. And it's sometimes there, are, there is one hurt, I think, that actually can sometimes be good. One hurt that is actually good. 
Uh, and this is Proverbs 27, verse 6. It says this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. What are we talking about here? No one be kissing me. Um, <laughs> so faithful are the wounds of a friend. What is that? Those who love you will speak truth into your life. They will speak the truth into your life. And, and that truth, sometimes it hurts. Whether it's invited, like I asked Nat, hey Nat, I have this idea. What do you think? And she says, it is not good. And it's like, oh, that stings a little bit. But it saves me on the long end. Or um, maybe someone comes to you, a close friend or your spouse or a pastor, and they see something that, that is concerning in, in your life. And hey, I want to point this out, bring this to your attention. And it can hurt at times. It can hurt, but it actually saves you, can save you from destruction. Uh, now, my pastor, um, so my pastor, he came to me uh, probably like a year and a half ago, and he said, Josiah, I just see that your go, 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 your pace and your rhythm is just on a place of like burnout. You need to slow down. And, and, and I was thinking like, are you, do you not see like the value in what I'm doing? Do you not see like what I'm doing for my family? Do you not see like what I'm like, there's so much important. And I, it was like a little bit of like, what do you mean? Right? I feel, felt like I wasn't being seen there for a minute. What do you mean? But he said that because he cared for me. He said that because he didn't want me to, to um, burn out and, and fall out. And, and so I think that the wounds, there are some wounds of a friend who loves you are good. That they actually bring you to a place of, I can reflect. They're speaking the truth of the word of God to me. And they actually save your life. They save you from going down a destructive path. Can I encourage you as the worship team comes up? Can I encourage you with this? Is What does wisdom say when people hurt you? It's this. It's, it's to forgive. It's to forgive. And what qualifies, what qualifies them is Jesus. What qualifies them is Jesus. Why don't we just stand, um, stand right now. We're going to sing a song in a minute and worship. But why not, let's just take a moment to close our eyes. And maybe right now the Lord is, is putting someone on your heart. that you, you were hurt by. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was unintentional. But right now, I believe the Lord is, is pulling, prodding hearts. And right now, if there's a name that comes to your, to your mind, say right now, God, I forgive them and I release them of the debt that was owed. I forgive them and release them of the debt that was owed. Father, I pray right now for every person in here, those that have experienced hurt, Father, I pray right now that you would heal hearts that you would restore even relationships. 
that need to be restored. Father, I pray right now where there's where there's been hurt that has been like tormenting people. Hurt that has been tormenting people. I pray right now for your peace in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are the master heart surgeon. I thank you for your peace, your wholeness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.